Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about not being afraid to be responsible. Okay? Not being afraid to be responsible. But before I get to that, I want to thank you again for the support. Keep doing what you're doing. Share it with a friend. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get them numbers up now. Help me get them numbers up, y'all. You know what I mean? I'm trying to do the right thing here. Getting the word out, talking about my experiences in prison, trying to deter people from this lifestyle. Help me out now. Hit that subscribe button, share it with your friends. Hit that listen up, uh, support button and donate if you're feeling it. If you got any questions or comments or anything that you think that I could do to make the show better, hit me up at doingtimewithjot at gmail.com and I got you. You know what I'm saying? I really appreciate your support, but let's get to the show. And I want to talk about not being afraid to be responsible. The other day I had the privilege of being in a conversation with a guy in here with two of them that I consider to be friends of mine. And uh, one of them, his name is Kaka, the other one is Leon. Both of them are barbers. They cut hair on their feet all day long. Now, they cut in two different locations though. Leon is like the main barber and Kaka, he's like the traveling barber. He walks around the compound and cuts hair, but he mainly cuts up in the unit, the housing unit that we're in, in unit 15, okay? now. The other day, Kaka was told by a supervisor, I think it's whoever it was that he works for up there, under, up there, they told him to, because of circumstances, things going on in the unit all the time, that they didn't want anybody inside of the barbershop unless they were getting their hair cut, right? So Kaka, as he's relaying the story back to me, tells me that he told him, look, I don't feel comfortable doing that. I, I don't have the right to tell another inmate anything. This is not my shop. I don't own this shop, blah, blah, blah. He's giving it all, all of this old kind of stuff, right? So I'm standing there listening to him, and he's, he notices the look on my face, and he says, am I wrong for that? Do you think I'm wrong for that? He said, I don't think I'm wrong, but I want to know if you think I'm wrong, you know? I said, let me think about that. Uh, yeah, you, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong for that. And I said, let me explain why. I said, do you remember the conversation we had a few months back? And me and him had talked about an issue. Now, a lot of y'all that have never been in prison, God bless you, don't come this way. This ain't the business. This ain't the business. But what I'm getting ready to explain to you, I think is something that is common to prison. And people that have been locked up, they're going to understand what I'm about to say. In prison, you, you, you share a cell usually with another individual, right? So you're sharing a sink and a toilet, okay? So in prison, when you're brushing your teeth, it's common for you not to spit in the sink. You spit in the toilet, right? The reason people in here say that, that you're supposed to do that because, you know, we're sharing a cell and we both wash our face using that sink, so on and so forth, right? But, and then at the same time, and let me get a little grotesque here, with the toilet, you know, when you're using the toilet, sometimes under circumstances out of your control, you'll have to use the toilet with your cellmate still in the cell. Now, you put a, a sheet or something up to block yourself off so he can't see or whatever the case may be. But as you're using the toilet, imagine this in your mind now. As you're using the toilet, number two, you're also flushing it at the same time. That way, you try to avoid your cellmate hearing all the noises that come along with that or smelling what all comes with that, okay? Right, now, so when he was talking to me about that, I said, look, first of all, when you were raised at home, 
did you spit in the sink when you were brushing your teeth? Right? And me and him both concluded, yeah, of course we did that. So what is wrong with spitting in the sink when you're brushing your teeth in here? Clean the sink out. And then when you're using the restroom, the toilet, you know, were you at home flushing the toilet as you were actually using the restroom? You know what I'm saying? Using the toilet. No, you were not. And on top of that, I talked to a nurse about that and she told me, look, it's not safe to do that because the fecal matter and all this thing, you can end up with MRSA and all that old kind of stuff. So, you know, if you want to try to make it silent or quiet, put toilet paper down in the thing before you use it, so on and so forth, you know, to absorb the sound and all this and that, right? So me and him both concluded that, yeah, this is some penitentiary stuff. You didn't do this stuff on the town. Why are you doing it in here? You feel what I'm saying? So I reminded him, I said, do you remember when we talked about that and we both concluded that a lot of the things that we do in prison are penitentiary rules that don't make no sense out there on the street? And he was like, yeah, I remember all of that. I said, well, this is one of those situations where you're talking nonsense. You're trying to say that because you don't own that space, that area, that you don't have the right to tell this other inmate not to be in here because they don't want anybody in here. They are trusting you to be responsible for this particular area. They want you to make sure that nothing goes wrong in this area because you're being held responsible for it. I said, if they came in and they found some drugs, would they not hold you accountable for it? He said, yes. I said, if, so if a guy came in there and planted some drugs, what would you do? What would you do? If you saw him in there actually doing something, what would you do? you tell him to get out, wouldn't you? He was like, yes. I said, so what's the difference now? He said, well, I feel like I might be, you know, I don't have the right to tell him what to do. I said, no, you feel like you're policing, don't you? And he looked at me and nodded his head a little bit here and there, whatever. But I said, that's what you think, but you're not. You are held responsible for this area. You're responsible for those clippers, those scissors, everything that you got. They put you in a position of being responsible for this stuff in this area. Be responsible. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not telling this man or whoever it is that they can't get their hair cut. You're telling them that, look, bro, they don't want anybody in here unless you're in the chair and I'm cutting your hair. Would you mind stepping back out? And if that brother didn't want to step back out and they stepped up in there and forced the issue, what you should do is unplug everything, turn the light off, shut the door and leave. And go let the officer know, let the people in charge know, look, I shut the shop down. You feel what I'm saying? And tell them why. Because at the end of the day, you are responsible for that area. And there is nothing wrong with you embracing and assuming responsibility for that area. We've gotten so caught up in this prison mentality, this criminal mindset, that we don't even want to be responsible. We equate being responsible for certain things with being the police. It's just not the case, man. It's not the case. And if a person cannot respect that you're responsible for this area and abide by those guidelines that you didn't put down, but they put down. They need to take that up with the people to put those rules in place, not you. But see, what they do is they try to manipulate and try to get you to say, no, nah, that's stupid, and you can stand in here. But when the chips fall, you're going to be the one to get in trouble, not them. Because you were told, look, don't have nobody in here. And then I hit him with, what if they came in there and they grabbed them clippers and started shaving right then and there without even asking, what would you say to him then? He said, I wouldn't let them. I said, that you're being responsible because that's not what they're supposed to do. Now, if they come in there and ask you, can they shave? And you say, yeah, here you go. And you hand it to them. That's different. 
that's different. But it really struck me during this conversation how we are so caught up in this criminal mindset that we use that as an excuse not to be responsible, not realizing how much damage is being done to our our social interactions and stuff like that that we're going to have to deal with when we get out there. We're going to have to interact with other people in a whole lot of different ways. And if we can't be responsible for the little spaces that we are put in positions of responsibility for in here, how is an employer out there going to trust you to be responsible for his equipment or her equipment or her place of business or his place of business when you can't be responsible in here? How are people going to respect you when you open up your own place? When you open up your own place and people coming in there doing all kinds of stuff that they don't have no business and you don't shut that down, people are not going to respect you because you're not being responsible. If you can't be responsible with the small things, you cannot be a responsible citizen in the community. You cannot be a responsible parent. You can fool yourself and say you are. You can fool yourself and say you are, but you're not. You don't set a good example when you do those types of things. See, a lot of people believe that when you set an example, you have to do it in front of the person that you set an example for, like your kids, your nephews, nieces, siblings, places, people like that, right? But that's not the whole story when it comes to being responsible. Being responsible is also part of doing the right thing when nobody's watching because that puts you on a moral level higher than those that don't do that. So when you correct somebody, you have the true moral authority to correct because you do what's right when nobody's watching as well as when they are watching. You see what I'm saying? So you got to remember that. You don't want to be a hypocrite even when nobody knows that you're a hypocrite. You know. Because eventually what's, what's done in the dark comes to the light. And you don't want to be that type of person where somebody that loves you finds out that you just talk a good game. You don't walk a good game. And you can't say, no, nah, I'll be responsible in this situation, but not that situation. Can't do it, man. Can't do it. And we had this conversation. He looked at me, laughed, you know, because he's silly like that. You know what I'm saying? But we concluded the conversation by nodding our heads at each other like, all right, I hear you. I get it. I get it. I hope you get it. I hope you get it. And I think he does. But I wanted people to understand how people in here, and people out there too. Now, you know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all out there the same way. Don't just throw this off on people in prison. I don't want you to think that. But some of y'all out there the same way. You want to be responsible in, in certain things, but not responsible in others. Hypocrite. Don't do that. You set the bad example. You lose the moral authority to correct people when you act like that. And that's what we've done, especially those of us in prison. We have lost the moral authority to correct, give advice, or anything because we live in two, two lives. We got on, over here, we're doing right, and over here, we're doing wrong. We shouldn't be like that, y'all. We shouldn't be like that. I just wanted to drop that on you. See what you think about it. You know, give you something to marinate on. You know, this has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, and I say peace.